welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I want to share a message with you that I've shared uh, a number of times. Uh, it's probably a message about 20 years that came, uh, 20 years ago came to me um, and it transformed my life. It was, <clears throat> this is a part of a journey that I went on with Jesus um, and I started to break into some territory uh, that I've been wanting to break into. So I tell you, if you want to break into new territory, Jesus wants to take you there. Um, and so I want to open our Bibles right back into Genesis. There was a period of time where just about every message I spoke came right back to Genesis. Uh, I, in fact, I couldn't get away from uh, mentioning Genesis at least once in a message that I was giving. And the thing that I love about the first part of Genesis is because it's the beginning and it shows us the in, original intent of God before it all got mucked up. Uh, and we kind of see you know, how it started to get mucked up, but then the rest of the Bible shows how Jesus uh, and God put it all back together again. Uh, but um, I just absolutely love it. I don't care if you think it's literal, it's poetic or whatever, it's truth and it's in the Word of God. Um, and so I need a little bit of help, as you've probably discovered by now, I don't just like to preach a message myself. I like you to help me. Um, and so... If you have your Bible or you have your online adaption of your Bible, can you open to Genesis chapter 1? Um, and I'm, I'm just going to pop down off the stage uh, for a moment. I need people with great big loud voices um, because I probably shouldn't come around with a microphone. Um, and so can someone yell out to me the first three words of Genesis chapter 1 verse 3? <laughs> you, you went to Genesis 1-1. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Let's try it. Someone up the back there had it? And God said, okay, big loud voice, somebody. Verse, the three first. All I want is the three first words of all of these verses. Okay. Uh, six. Nice. Uh, you can say then and and. I don't really mind. Number, uh, verse nine. Verse 14. I think you can pretty much get the gist of where I'm going with this now. So perhaps we say verse 20 all together. One, two, three. And let's do 24 together as well. Oh, man, you guys were getting on a roll there. That's awesome. Okay, normally I'd go around with a microphone, but I got off the stage and realised I probably shouldn't do that. So I'll go back up on the stage where I, uh, where I should be. Awesome. Okay, isn't it interesting? The, uh, the Word of God there, and it says, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. And when He said something, it was formed and it came into being. Don't you love it? I love how the Word of God is truth and whatever the Word of God says, it becomes. You know, I, I love the account of Jesus when He goes and He prays for the girl who is sick. Uh, oh, sorry, no, she's dead. Uh, is even more dramatic. <laughs> she's dead. And he walks into the room and, uh, and all of the people there are saying, she's dead. And Jesus says, she's just sleeping. And they all look at him like, what the heck? And I've often thought about, why did Jesus see th say that? Because as soon as those words 
was spoken, that's what she was doing. She was dead. And then she was sleeping because Jesus said she is just sleeping. Isn't that cool? That is the power of the Word of God. Let's have a look at the, uh, the next scripture that I want to um, share with you. Let's just dig a, dig a little bit into, uh, into Genesis. Genesis 1 verse um, 26 uh, through to 28. Then God said, let us make mankind in your image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. Let's just pause there. I knew you were about to do that. <laughs> then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Got the triune use of our uh, in there. But what I want you to pick up on is whose image did he make us in? His image. We are made in the image of God straight after he has said, and God said, and God said, and God said, and then he said, I want to make somebody in my image or persons in my image. Um, we'll carry on just through that, just so we see the intent. So we can roll over the fish of the sea, over the livestock, all over the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, so we were made in the image of God to rule uh, over the planet, uh, essentially. And um, uh, I think we go on a little bit there, don't we, uh, to say, so God created mankind in his own image. Notice how he says that again. It's like one of these really interesting passages here where he says it from every different angle. It's kind of like Jesus, God wants you to get this no matter what. God created mankind in his image. And then he goes back the other way. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then if we jump through to uh, chapter two, verse 15, uh, he says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Really interesting, isn't it? We created and placed it within this garden and the garden was within Eden. <clears throat> but he still gives them this order uh, to subdue the earth. And I, I just want to put this out. You can challenge it theologically however uh, you wish. I think, you know, when we really just think these things through, it's amazing what, uh, what we can discover. Um, and I want to suggest to you that there was still an earth that needed the dominion of the kingdom to come, but God's plan was actually that man with him would subdue it with actually out ever knowing evil. Could we, you know? And I like that because I actually really like our planet. I love getting out in our native bush. Uh, and, and regularly go for a walk along by Mere Park there. Just, man, we are so blessed in this city with the native bush that is on our doorstep. And I look at it and I go, this is amazing. What was it like pre-fall? You know? Um, and so, you know, I just sort of think there, there was something beautiful that was going to grow and subdue the whole earth. And wow, I mean, who knows what the, the second heaven, second earth will look like. I mean, fire out. I can't wait right now. <laughs> but let's bring this back to the heart of the message is that we were all formed by the Word of God. 
We were made in His image. And so therefore it would stand that our words when we speak them are powerful and creative as well. You know, uh, Proverbs verse 18, verse 21 tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death in it and those who love it will eat (coughs) of its fruit. James takes it a step further and he says that our words can be like a small spark that when they go into a forest can light the whole forest alive. I mean, he really goes to town on, on us being careful with the words that we speak. Um, and I think it's a really good thing for all of us uh, to remember at the moment is, is the power of our words and what they can create and what they can destroy. Um, so we can safely say that our words are powerful and our words are creative. I could bring somebody up here right now and I could start to speak words over them. And I reckon in about 30 seconds, I could pretty much absolutely destroy relationship with them. And I could probably give them uh, enough that they're gonna have to go away and have some serious counsel with. Now you bring that closer into my sphere. And if I was to do that to someone who's very close to me, such as a family member, you imagine the damage that I could do with my words in 30 seconds. That's how far it is, 30 seconds. Um, and um, yeah, but likewise, I can use my words and I can speak my words over and I can watch someone lift. You know, like like Christy, I just want to say to you this morning, man, you are one of the the most loving people that I've watched. The way you carry yourself and the heart that you have for people is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it's always a joy. It's like when you walk into the shop, the shop lights up. Um, when I see you at church, it's just kind of like, you know, there's a lighting up um, around you. Um, and that's so precious and so dear. And, and yeah, I'm using this as an example, but they're truth. They're, they're words of truth um, that I just want to share with you. Um, and I asked God this morning who I should do this with. <laughs> um, So you can see the power of our words to create life or the power of our words to to destroy, to set a a forest on um, fire. Um, And so on my journey, I think I've shared with you before that a, a quest for me is that as a young boy in Murchison down in the South Island, small rural town, uh, where I was reading my Bible, I would read through the Gospels and I would go, okay, if Jesus is for real, then why don't we see those signs and wonders and miracles and things happening? Why don't we see people being touched and leprosy being healed or whatever uh, other disease may be in um, the world? You know, Why don't we see 5,000 people being fed with a few loaves and a few fishes? <clears throat> And it sort of became my complaint. I mean, if, you, if you've ever heard a message, your complaint is your cause. And so it became my cause. Um, it was to go, okay, well, how can I walk in signs, wonders and miracles? Um, and how can I see the kingdom of earth, mani- uh, of heaven manifest here on earth? And so God took me along this journey of the power of my words um, and how they can create. Now we look at, the life of Jesus. And I believe that Jesus walked this planet, one, to save us, um, but two, to give us an example of how we can live. Um, And to give us an example of how we can live when we are in right relationship with God. Um, And so Jesus, I am a disciple of Jesus. I want to be like Him. 
I want to walk like Him. I want to carry myself uh, like Him. And we see that often Jesus would disappear off up the mountain or up the hillside or, or into a quiet place and He would spend time with the Father. Now, we are not privy to what happened in those times. Don't you wish that someone just sort of snuck in and just like, oh, Jesus is doing this right now while he's away with the Father. I, that would have been great. But interestingly, we are just not privy to it. But we know that he would go and he would spend time. And so there, so there was an intimacy between him and the Father. And I mean, they could have been talking about the score of the latest football match that took place. I mean, we don't know. Um, but <laughs> I don't think they have football in those days. <laughs> but, but when he came out, I noticed that when he comes out from those times, he, he, he's pretty much of a, I'm going in this direction and I'm going to do this. Um, and so, uh, but then I look at, okay, but how did he come out of those times of what we maybe would term prayer? Um, and this is what I noticed, that as he would come out and he would start to rule and reign and bring the kingdom into people's lives and a transformation uh, taking place in people's lives. And then God started to show me, what did he do it with? He did it with his words. And, and sometimes with his actions, with rubbing uh, mud into someone's eye. I mean, mud and eyes are not compatible. Have you ever thought about that? But he would just use creative ways to cut through death, deception, lies to bring the kingdom into someone's life. And I think nothing, um, yeah, in terms of just a passage of Scripture that seals up a number of these moments is Matthew chapter 8. And I want us just to walk through that this morning. Jesus came down from the mountainside. <clears throat> a large crowd followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. <clears throat> I am willing, be clean. Immediately the man with lep uh, was cleansed of his leprosy. Jesus said to him, go and do what you have to do under the law. Show yourself before the, um, the priests and all of that. But how did Jesus perform this miracle? He simply spoke creative words. And he said, be clean. And what happened is as soon as those words were spoken, the man was clean. Let's have a look at the faith of the centurion. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am myself am under, uh, uh, under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go, he goes. I tell this one to come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, he does this. When Jesus heard this, he just, he stepped back in amazement. Isn't it when you amaze Jesus, you know? He's just like, you have got it. You understand authority and you understand when you say something with authority, it is to take place. Uh, truly, I tell you, I have not found in Israel. Man, I'd love Jesus to say that about me. Uh, with such great faith, if I say to 
If I, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of this kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be whipping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, and this is the key bit I want, we won't dwell on the other bit there, um, not because it's inconvenient, it's just we'll dwell on this bit. Uh, <laughs> then Jesus said to centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. Jesus didn't even go to this person. He just spoke the word and God said. <clears throat> um, now, love the storms. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Uh, we're down in verse 23 now. Uh, suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. I love it how Jesus can sleep in a storm. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? He got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. Just used words again. Be still, it says in some other accounts uh, of storms that Jesus was in. Just simply be still. And God said, Jesus managed to get down to two words, be still. Um, and, then, uh, and then we've got the pigs. So the pigs are given these poor, uh, the, well, sorry, not the pigs. <laughs> There's these two demon-possessed men. Um, and just for the sake of time, jumping at first uh, 30, you know, you know the story here. Uh, some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And Jesus said, go. So he gets it now down to one word. Go. And these people are delivered. These two men are delivered by Jesus saying, go uh, to these demons. So coming back round to, I believe that Jesus came and he walked the face of this planet to show us uh, what we can do when we are in right relationship with God and then Jesus put us in permanently to right relationship with God. He took the ticket back and he gave it back to you. You guys have the power to rule and to reign over the earth, to subdue it, to bring it into the dominion of the kingdom. And how do we know that? Myriad of verses, but let's just jump into Romans 5 verse 17. Uh, it'll come up in here. You'll probably hear me preach this every second message because I just love the scripture. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. Now we know we're talking about Adam there. How much more will those who receive God's, how much abundant provision of grace? Man, when I had an encounter with grace about 12 years ago, I was just like, wow, this is another transforming moment in my Christian walk. Carry on, uh, Jasha, and of the gift of righteousness. What is righteousness? It is right standing with God. You and I have been given a gift. We didn't earn it. We just were given it. A gift of righteousness. So we are in right standing. Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 8 verses 19 through to 21 tells us that all creation is groaning, waiting for you and I to uh, release it for the creation waits an eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. 
for the whole for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. God's original intent was that you and I would work with him to subdue the earth. It got a bit mucked up. Jesus came, he put us back into right standing with God. We're created in his image. Our words are powerful and effective so that we can speak into things and we can liberate this planet with the freedom of the kingdom of heaven. This is, this is good news today. This is good news today. And so I realised that where my prayer had been very much, God, can you please come and do? God, you know this person and they, you, know, you, you love them. And my prayer was trying to convince God to do something. I started to see that actually what he was doing was saying, Chris, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. I've put you in charge of this planet and I am believing and I am cheering you on that you're gonna go out and you're gonna do it. And when I started to understand that, and now there's a whole part of uh, authority that goes with this, because I really started to then look at uh, my authority. We haven't got time to go into that today. But when I started to realise that when I can speak over situations and I can see a shift and a change because I'm made in the image of my God, I got excited. And do you know what I started to see? I started to see things happen. And my prayer life, my, and when I say prayer life, I, I believe I have a time of intimacy and I love God just about every morning, uh, sitting there with a cup of coffee in Jesus. Can life get any more better than that? <laughs> and, I, and I have that intimate time. But then when I go out from that, often you know, I'll, I'll have intimate moments with God through the day. But when I'm looking at a situation where I reckon the kingdom needs to come, I'm not saying, God, can you please? I'm saying in Jesus' name, Come into obedience of the kingdom. Now for our family, around about this time, uh, we had a, uh, a member of our family who just the common cold can, can cause all sorts of issues. Um, and so we, this is about, you know, yeah, anyway. Um, and so we started to go after that. And we just started to declare, and I say, I just take authority over this virus and I destroy it right now in the name of Jesus. And I release the life and I release the power of heaven right into this body right now. And we started to do that over our family. And the de declaration over my life started to be, Father, I think that no disease, no sickness, no infirmity shall come upon this body in any way, shape or form. That is Moses and as Caleb said, that my eyes will not diminish, my strength will not deplete, and I added on, and my hearing will not fade. <laughs> and so that became the declaration around my life. And you know, the cool thing is that as we walked in that, we started to get a bit bashed up initially, but then we started to get on top of some stuff. And the devil knew that we'd got a truth and he'd met his match. How cool is that? Isn't it about us getting the truth and knowing and showing the devil that he's met his match? Because when the saints rise up, the earth gets transformed, people are liberated, the kingdom comes and great things happen. So we started to go after viruses and then we, uh, we started to call things into order uh, in, the, um, uh, in the place. 
Um, and at that time, we were in a, a small town, and it had, a, it had quite a few issues. Um, and uh, and so we we just started to speak into these situations in the town. And you go back to that. You go back to our, our town now, and it's been a transformation. I think we had a part to play in that. And I think we've got a part to play here. That's why we're here. We're here to transform this place, to bring the kingdom. And that was um, exciting. Um, I, when I was the uh, program manager up in Arnhem Land, uh, prior to us arriving, there'd been two big cyclones rip through and cause a lot of devastation. Um, and so when I became the program manager, I just quietly determined not on my watch. We're not having another one. I mean, those things caused absolute devastation to people's lives and livelihood. Um, and so I was like, not on my watch. And sure enough, um, uh, a couple of, uh, we had a couple of cyclones that started to circle their way down the Gulf of Carpentaria and start to line us up. And so I was, um, I was working through all this. You know, we've got to think about flying airplanes out and getting them away and what houses are safe and all those sorts of things. And I've got to keep my people safe. Okay, that's what I've been charged with. Um, and, uh, and so I started sending out these regular emails. At one stage, they knew that they would go and they would get an update um, at a certain time twice a day so that we were keeping communication strong. Um, and in that, I put, and let us pray and declare over the cyclone that its path will deviate and it will go through an unpopulated space or it will die out. And so I put that in there, um, and, uh, and, and so our team started to grab a hold of that. And we watched one of these cyclones lining us up. There is no reason why it should change, and it just went the complete opposite way from what was being predicted, and it went straight through an unpopulated area and took out a bunch of gum trees. <laughs> Few gum trees, no great loss. And then I got people, uh, I, I, got, I got one person get riled up at me for saying that we could take authority over the weather. Uh, and that was an interesting journey as well. <laughs> so, so how do we walk this out uh, in practice? There's a few examples of, of what I did. First of all, we need to let this get into us. And we need to, we need, need to let it settle. And we need to understand. Firstly, go back and listen to this message and understand that you were created by God simply saying a word. He made you in his image. And so now you can go out, you can get in line with him and you can speak a word and you can see a change and a shift. And just keep going after it. Keep going after it. Keep going after it. Keep going after it. Because if, if you get hold of a truth, the enemy, yep, he will challenge that truth. But let's keep, that doesn't mean we deviate. We don't, set our, we, we don't set our course according to what we see on earth. We set our course according to what the Word of God says. And so we, we, we keep speaking um, into those things. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.